Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It's time for another Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. You can also hear us on the bet on the radio in Las Vegas. So hello to our Las Vegas listeners as well. Uh, What a tough game on Sunday in Buffalo. We welcome you back to the show. I'm your host, Scott Branson, joined by my partner, my co-host, national senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist with us at sportsnot.com. That is, of course, one Mr. Mo Moten. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully, and the show is SNB Today. Mo, lots to get into today. I know people have had their Monday to kind of decompress a little bit. It doesn't look like people are going to get over this until the Raiders maybe beat Pittsburgh on Sunday night coming up. Who knows? But obviously a disappointing result um, I don't think it's the end of the world, but certainly I think a lot of the deficiencies we saw in the preseason or we thought about when you looked at this roster seem to come to roost against the Buffalo Bills, a very good team, by the way. And so I want to spend this first segment talking about what we learned, Mo, and we didn't ch- talk to you. Of course, you had your Bleacher Report live, as you do after every game with the Raiders uh, this season. So I want to get your first, your kind of overall take on what you saw against the Bills. Uh, everybody wants to fire everybody, including maybe even the janitorial staff in, in Las Vegas. Uh, so tell us where you're at with this and what you walk away with from this loss in Buffalo. The Raiders aren't going to win many games this season, losing battles on both sides of the line of scrimmage. What did we talk about in the offseason? We're worried about uh, certain parts of the offensive line. Maybe felt like the offensive line is better than the people gave it credit for, but Pass protection-wise, I think the Raiders' offensive line is pretty good. When it comes to opening up lanes for Josh Jacobs in the run game, awful. And anytime you have your running back finish with negative number of yards, part of that is your offense. I know a lot of people want to blame Josh Jacobs, but part of that is if your running back is getting touched before he hits the line of scrimmage, your run blocking, your offensive line may have to do a better job. On the other side of the ball, we pointed out, this in the offseason, the Raiders' defensive line looks kind of shaky. 
you know, considering Tyree Wilson came in late, considering Byron Wilson dealt with an injury, considering they their their main free agency pickup at the position at the position group was just Jerry Tillery. They're getting pushed around on both sides and, and on the defensive line. A lot of people were focused on Josh Allen, his turnovers. How is he going to play? But the Bills ran for 183 yards yesterday <laughs> or Sunday. 183 yards and they averaged 5.2 yards per carry. And, and the bulk of that wasn't Josh Allen. It was James Cook. James Cook himself ran for 123 yards. So the Raiders were giving up yards on the ground. They couldn't run the ball themselves. And they they their offense just seemed stale. It was, I said it on the Bleach Report Live, very one-dimensional. When you can't spread the ball around to, to you know, pass catches other than two players and you can't run the ball and keep a good offense off the field, you're going to lose big. And that's what happened to the Raiders going down 38-10. to 10. Yeah, and I want to talk about – we'll get to it at the end of the segment here a little bit or the tail end of the segment because complimentary football, right? We, we've we heard Raider fans, you know, when, when the whole Derek Carr, Rigor Moreau was going on, it was like, well, he doesn't have a defense. The defense has been so bad for so long, and here we are talking about defense again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're going to devote the whole second segment to uh, to the defense, by the way. But when you look at this again, not only did the defense not do what they needed to do, but the offense outside of the first 75-yard drive was completely anemic. And you talked about uh, the, 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 the running game for the Raiders not being existent, the line not opening. Remember the holes they opened up for Josh Jacobs last year? They're not there this year so far through two games. People wanted to blame Josh Jacobs. Now, there could be something there, too. Maybe he's still getting into shape a little bit. But there was no when you get three guys on you in the backfield as soon as you're handed the ball. Yeah, I don't care if you're Superman, you're not making yardage out of that. Okay, it's not going to happen. So you look at that, but you look at the defensive line and what happened there. I mean, remember this is a team who thought they were so deep that they traded Neil Farrell Jr. to the Chiefs. Okay, so remember that. That's how deep this is. Talent evaluation now. So now I got some choice words for Dave Ziegler in the front office because. You thought you were so deep. Now it's two games. And so can this group break out of it? Number one, they have to. And number two, yes, they can. But it's very, very telling that they got manhandled. Mo, this morning before we climbed on the show, I started watching some film back and and it's not even close. They were not just losing the battle on the line of scrimmage, my friend. They were getting completely bullied pushback, sometimes three, four yards of play. I don't know that I've seen that in a long time. Not against the Raiders, but it. Th- this is what puzzles me a little bit, right? So I looked at the inactive list for the Raiders. And that's the Jay Severo, who we both thought had a pretty good preseason, made the mm-hmm. final 50-man roster, right, over over Matthew Butler, who they brought back to the practice squad, I believe. But I felt like Nesta Jay Severo should be on the field because the Raiders' defensive line for now two straight games – hasn't looked good, especially and and I and I keep going back to this. They're even their main rotational guys just look average to below average. Bilal Nichols, Jerry Tillery, mm-hmm. you know they. I know they brought up Isaac Rochelle, who I campaigned for, but it it, it really didn't matter. I think the Raiders are gonna have to switch it up, bring in Nesta Chaseville, give him more snaps, and see what he can do. Because if teams now can see that they can run the ball against you at five yards or more a clip, mm-hmm. you got to shake things up. Well, and, and Mo, John Jenkins, too. And, and I don't know if you saw the comments from John Jenkins. He got the media got uh, in, a, in, a, in a gaggle with him and asked him questions. And he got real defensive. It's only two games. It's like, dude. Yeah. But in two games, you've been you've been on a milk carton. You've been you've been gone. Nobody's been there. You've done nothing. 
And then you get people criticizing the defensive backfield. It's like, what do you want those guys to do? When there's no pass rush whatsoever against the Bills, yeah, they had two sacks, but if you look at situational, they were not pressuring Josh Allen all day. They had two quarterback hits. You go back to the Denver game, it was the same issue. And so when you look at this, you say, okay, yeah, it's two games. I get it. You can still turn it around. I'm not saying they can't. But you you have such a, a large step you need to take with that off the, the defensive line and the interior. If the defensive line and the interior, Mo, because remember I was last week, I was all high on this team saying, hey, I think they could win maybe eight games, maybe nine, because I started at seven, right? I was thinking upward, and you were like, no, I don't, I don't buy it. And you were right. Now I'm thinking three <laughs> games. So now I can see some of these national folks only if the defense performs this way. And you can go through the schedule and say, well, we should beat this team, beat that team. Look, in the NFL, if you can't rush the passer and you can't get any, and I mean any, play out of your interior defensive line, my friend, you cannot win football games in the NFL consistently. You're just not going to do it. So they got to find an answer, and they got to find an answer quick. Yeah, I'm not going to move off my six, seven game win prediction. I settled on about six games before the season, um, you know, with Chandler Jones out. I'm not saying Chandler Jones was great last year, but I made this point on my Bleacher Report Live that with Chandler Jones out, now they have to rely on Tyree Wilson to come along a lot faster than they may have expected with him coming off injury. Now they have to rely on Malcolm Kuntz making the third year jump. And he's not, while he, I think he's more ready to play than Tyree Wilson, you know, not making a huge impact. So now they have pass rush issues, which I talked about last week. What did I say mm -hmm. last week, Scott? I said, if they give Josh Allen the same amount of time that they gave Russell Wilson, Josh Allen is going to carve him up. Because when you hear about all the mistakes that you made on Monday Night Football in the national spotlight game, you're going to button it up. And what was he, 31 or 37 for about yep. 274 yards? Yep. So you knew you were going to get a much better Josh Allen. And with that, you have to pressure the, you have to pressure the quarterback. How many times did we see Josh Allen break the pocket and make a play on the move? That was just that was basically his ML. The, the Bills weren't handing off the ball to get five yards of carry. It was Josh Allen breaking the pocket and being comfortable to move throwing to his wide receivers. Stephon Diggs didn't have to go off because the Bills had success targeting Trayvon Merrick downfield with their tight ends and the running back catching out of the backfield. So he was able to spread the ball around. He took what the zone defense gave him. The Raiders gave, were generous with their zone defense. Didn't make adjustments, which we'll get into later on in the show. But Josh Allen was patient because that's usually what the zone defense does. Just to go back, zone with the zone defense, usually you want your quarterback, you want the opposing quarterback to read and take the methodical throws down further. And eventually you would think he was going to make a mistake. Josh Allen didn't make any mistakes. Zero turnovers against the Raiders. And the Raiders have forced zero turnovers in two weeks, which is a problem. Yeah, yeah the defense, I was going to bring that up too with you, Mo, was the fact that this team, remember what the focus, every training camp, there's like a couple things that it's mm -hmm. the mantra. And, and one of them was takeaways, create takeaways. Mm -hmm. Now they did it in the preseason, but we all know about the preseason and what it is. Okay, so it's not, it's not real action. And so they did, they, they showed improvement there, but then you get in the regular season, I can't get the ball. And again, it's all connected. You can't get a pass rush that doesn't allow your defensive backs times to time to adjust and perhaps create plays because the quarterback is rushing the ball out of his hands, whatever it may be. So, so, so that's, that's part of it. Now let's switch to the other side of the ball, Mo, because offense, the Raiders offense Coming in, remember, a lot of times, oh, this could be a top 10 offense. This could be a top 15 offense, top 12, whatever, in that area, top of the league in offense. So far, 
And I don't have the updated ratings because they wait till the games are completed on Monday. But they were 21st in scoring um, and 23rd in overall offense. That's not a top 10 offense. Right? I know it's two games, or really for them it was one game. But again, 10 points. Jimmy Garoppolo, 16-24, 185 yards, one touchdown, two picks. The one pick off the screen, everyone wants to say, well, it was tipped. But I still think it was a poor choice. I think you could eat it there. I understand what he was trying to do. The play kind of deconstructed, and I get it. But I, I, I'm looking at the offense, and this offense, Murph and I talked about it in the postgame, uh, Mo, have to have balance. Okay, You have to have balance. You have to be able to run the ball. It doesn't mean you're going to run the ball the most effectively every time because somebody might, they might stack the box like they're doing now and you got to go to the pass. But what's happening here is they're not finding any resemblance of balance. You talked about Jacobs minus two yards. I don't know if you saw the stat the first time since the 1970, the Super Bowl era that a rushing champion was held to negative rushing yards in a game. 1970. You're talking 52 years, 53 years now. 53 years it's never happened. It happened in Sunday uh, in Buffalo. Zamir White gets the ball towards the end of the game. What happens? Nice run, fumbles the ball. Okay, so we, we see there. There just seems to be a disconnect, which in some ways doesn't surprise me, Mo, and I want to get your take on this, because you got a new quarterback, you got a bunch of new pieces. You're not using Hunter Renfro, right? So they're, they're kind of, they got him in at the end of the game there. So it's kind of all been changing. So you're starting to see this. But when you look at this offense, people want to go to the play caller, Josh McDaniels, which may be fair. But what are you seeing here? What is going on with this? It's obviously the line. You win in the trenches in the NFL. But what else are you seeing? What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. No balance. I mean, it, it goes back to the I, I, I know you're asking what else am I seeing, but it starts and ends with the offensive line. If you if your offensive line is not getting the push up front, you're not going to run the ball well more than about half of the Raiders runs against the Bills were for negative yards. So, you know, outside of a Trey Tucker run and, and, a, and a few Zamir White runs and maybe a few Josh Jacobs runs, I believe. Vic Tafer said seven out of 15 of the Raiders carries on Sunday were for negative yards. Right. You can't put that all on the running back. That's partially your offensive line. The, the picks that happened yesterday, one, uh, Matt Milano made a great play over Josh Jacobs, but the first pick I felt like the offensive line deserves some blame. Some blame. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo could have went elsewhere with it, but if the pressure wasn't there, he, he wouldn't have been hurried to throw that football. So your offensive line, again, is causing some turnovers where, and I pointed this out on, a, on my Bleach Report Live, that even if you don't get the sack, if you can get the quarterback to throw before he wants to, He's that's you know, it could lead to turnovers. That's what happened to me, in my opinion, on the first intercession. So it starts with the offensive line. I know a lot of people gave credit to Carmen Brasillo, who is who's their offensive line coach, and Joshua Dance for for fortifying that that area of the offense, but it's not playing well through the first two weeks. They've played the Reds have played two pretty decent defenses. Now I know Washington put up thirty five against against the Denver Broncos on Sunday, but it goes to show you the Raiders have scored, I believe, what, twenty seven points in two games? 
Right. It has to be a lot better than that, and it has to start with the offensive line because the offensive line plays better. Josh Jacobs will get more yards on the ground. The offensive line plays better. Jimmy Garoppolo will have more time to throw, and he won't have to hurry his throws and potentially put the ball in jeopardy with the defense coming down his pass catches. The other thing I want to point out is Jimmy G has to be able to spread the ball. I know a lot of some people don't want to blame Jimmy G for interceptions, but he basically went to two receivers yesterday, Devontae mm-hmm. Adams and Josh Jacobs. Other than that, as you mentioned, Hunter Renfro didn't get a look until garbage time. The tight ends are still not involved. This is not really a Josh McDaniels offense that we're used to. Usually Josh McDaniels offenses are good at running the ball, they're good up front, and they involve the tight ends. We didn't see any of the three on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. No, and and Michael Mayer had the one catch. You didn't see him used. I've been excited to see this two tight end set that you don't see at all, right? We don't see it. We haven't seen Hooper and Mayer on the field except for a couple times. And, and you look at the numbers, and, and they were real. And it's just one game, but again, the complementary football thing, the defense and the offense doing their jobs and complementing each other because the Raiders, 13 first downs in the entire game. Uh, and if you look at the, again, the, the rushing yards, 55, passing 185. Uh, and, and it's just crazy when you look at the, 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 the time of possession, 40 minutes. Buffalo held the ball. Even if the Raiders were playing better defense, Mo, 40 minutes. You can't – I mean, it goes to show you the offense was not doing anything to help the other side of the ball. So so you have a multitude of issues in a loss like this. And I, I want to tell people out there because, look, again, we always talk about the fact that we're not going to tell you how to be a fan. But the reaction, the overreaction in some cases, I think that for those folks that were really Pollyannic – and you guys are out there, and God bless you, because thank God if the world didn't have you, it would be a much more negative place than it already is. But I think it's a surprise for you. For a lot of us, we're not surprised because we knew the weaknesses with this team. Now, the offense, the ineptitude on offense so far is very troubling and a little bit unexpected. Again, I didn't expect this team to be the Buffalo Bills or to be the Kansas City Chiefs on offense, but I did expect them to be in that top tier of the league. And so far, they're not. But on defense, it was all question marks on defense. How is it going to look? How are the linebackers going to do? We see Spillane actually doing much better than I thought he would. Played a good game, uh, as good as you can play in a performance like that against Buffalo. And the cornerbacks, you know, Nate Hobbs and and Jacorian Bennett getting picked off and or getting getting um, picked on, I should say, because they did have some misassignments and some mistakes. But again, those are are those are compounded by the issue up front on the defensive line. But but I don't think people should overreact um, because but there needs to be answers. And we're going to get into it in segment two around some of who needs to be held responsible. But if you're a Raider fan at this point, Mo, before we go to the break, um, how are you feeling? And and if, if if you were realistic, I don't think it's much of a surprise. And I think you're like, OK, terrible game on onto Pittsburgh and on to Allegiant Stadium for the home opener. But but what would you what's your advice to the fans out there who might be thinking it's the end of the world it's a long season it's week two uh there <laughs> there's plenty of time to to uh make adjustments and make changes you know add to the roster subtract from the roster it, we have how many months left in the season but mm-hmm. i get how fans are alarmed because after coming off of a high beating the denver broncos i know it's a close game and denver broncos aren't pouring up the tender but you're expecting at least the Raiders to be competitive with the Bills if you're looking to take a step forward, and they just weren't competitive outside of the first drive. I told Raider fans on Twitter X, 
here's my advice if you miss the game. Watch the first drive, then turn the game off, and then focus on week three. Because after the first <laughs> drive, it was basically just a bloodbath after that. But I, I expected the Raiders to be outclassed by the Bills. What did I say on our last show? Mm-hmm. I predicted the Raiders would lose by double-digit points, right? And I said, before I made the prediction, I said, people are going to not like me for saying this, but once you go up in class, in competition class, you found out where you are in the NFL, and the Raiders aren't there yet. And yep. we found out they just aren't there yet. They're not there yet. It was it was a measuring stick. Okay, so when you look at the Buffalo Bills, they're a top four team in the conference, especially now with the Bengals faltering and going to zero and two. And we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the league and the AFC West in the final segment of the show. But we're going to step aside for a break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about the defense again. We're going to talk about Patrick Graham. A lot of you, of course, on this week where you want to fire everybody, he's at the top of the list. Should he be? Should his seat be hot just two weeks in? Mo and I will talk about that when we come back here on Silver and Black today. An Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation.